Welcome to Coffee Table Mythos. I'm Eliza. And I'm Leah. Grab your favorite beverage and let's talk myths. What you drinking today? So I started making this Franken coffee. I don't know if you've noticed, but <laughs> I've been using it for like the past week. We found this Folgers. We talked about this. Noir. Noir. Golden, Noir, golden dusk. dusk. Yeah. And I mixed it with the regular Folgers and the Dunkin' Donuts caramel coffee cake, I think. Mm. Yeah. So I've been actually taking it to work because I can now take coffee to work and it's awesome. And I don't have to pay for coffee. I can just bring a double walled ceramic mm -hmm. travel mugs. Very helpful. I literally asked for one for my birthday because I only have one from my California family. So <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking the same thing with caramel macchiato creamer mm. in one of my many box-shaped mugs, because I love boxes, in case nobody's picked up on that. <laughs> but today we're talking about Japanese mythology, and I know this isn't quite as scary per se, but before we really dive deep into this, I chose to do the Kappa, which is essentially a Japanese water spirit. Okay. An old, well-known Japanese water spirit, and there is this one movie that I decided to buy at random and Best Buy about a Kappa because I was like, well, I'm doing research on Kappa. Why don't I like watch some, you know, content on it? And I'm not talking about a show. It was actually a movie. I think it came out in 2007 and it's called Summer Days with Koo. And I'm pretty sure I forced you to watch it with me because I thought it was going to be a happy-go-lucky movie. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> she bought two movies. Mm -hmm. And one is about spending your summer with a kappa. And one, we knew going into it... Was going to be sad. Yeah, had to do with death. And it's a girl... It's about a girl who loses her boyfriend... And it's like her grieving process. And I was like, well, we know which one I'm not going to watch because that'll be sad and I don't like sad things. So I watched the other one and it was a terrible mistake. It was traumatizing from like the first entry scene. Like I wasn't expecting what happened to happen. And you just kind of like, you watch the whole movie and you're just kind of like, I despise myself kind of for being <laughs> like what these people do and the thing is eliza is notorious for looking up the endings and like the plots of things on like wiki while we're watching like a tv series or a movie or whatever and this is like the one time she didn't and it backfired i need to explain why i do that because generally i actually look up endings before we start because you don't like sad things. So I have to make sure that if we're going to watch something new, that it's not going to be too sad. And you're not going to look at me at the end and be like, bitch, why didn't you tell me? Like Big Hero 6 in the movie theaters when that was devastating. Tadashi died. And you like look at me and you're like, you didn't warn me. And I was like, I didn't know it was going to happen. It literally came out today. Like, I can't get away with anything. I just don't know. Anyway, so unless you're willing to have your heart ripped out of your chest, 
kind of akin to wolf children, but worse. Summer days with Koo might not be your <laughs> cup of tea, regardless. Okay, so the Japanese meaning for Kappa is river or water child. They actually have many other names depending on the region of Japan. Makes sense. Essentially, they're a humanoid aquatic reptilian being who inhabit rivers and streams. They're always the size of a small child, they're never over five foot tall, and they have small frames. Hmm. They have webbed hands and feet, scaly skin that are colors ranging in a yellow, green, and blue shade, tortoise shell, a tortoise shell on their back, long shaggy bowl cut hair, and a small bowl-shaped dent on their heads full of water called a sara. It is said the water in their sara holds their magical powers. If it runs dry, it weakens the kappa, and they can die. For where their mouth is supposed to be, it's supposed to be like a beak. And if you fill a kappa's dried-up sara, it is said they will be forever grateful and help a person throughout their lifetime. Hmm. They were generally seen as mischievous, but to get on their good side, they were known to teach bone setting, medical salves, and irrigation. That's very helpful. I know, like, <laughs> for, like, oh, they're very bad. Like, they're actually really fucking helpful, but whatever. They're also known to be very honest and not ones to tell a lie. They are fantastic swimmers, love fighting, especially sumo wrestling, <laughs> and are generally known to be very intelligent. That did go over in the and, movie. <laughs> yeah, like, all of those things in Summer Days with Koo were covered in that movie, which I thought was actually fantastic, because I actually did more of the research after watching that, because I wasn't sure what I was going to do for this week, and then I watched it, and I was like, I need to fucking be the Kappa, and I need to know more of how, like, to the tales this movie was. Despite all these cool characteristics, there are some generally sinister parts to their lore in Japan. The Kappa are generally known to be malevolent toward livestock and pull pranks ranging from farting or flatulent sounds from the water to stealing children and sucking out their organs. That is two very different things. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, goodness. It's like, I'm just going to make farting sounds from the water or I'm just going to take your child and they will die. It's one of the two. It is generally believed Kappa were used as a cautionary tale to children in order to keep kids from going to bodies of water without their parents or adults. Which is smart, because you, you can drown, and I've also done stupid things as a kid that could have led to my death. And many, many things. Luckily, there were adults around. In the Edo period, since Kappa were known to love cucumbers, people would write the names of their family members on them and put them in the water to keep Kappa from going after their family. Other people, however, believe this would have the opposite effect. Yeah, my when you were saying that, my first thought was, wouldn't that draw them to, to you? Family? I don't know. <laughs> Kappa are still used to this day on signs near water to warn people of possibly dangerous waters or where Kappa are theorized to live. They were also known to be sexual predators. Oh, dang. Let me explain. So toilets used to be situated over rivers, and Kappa would wait to prey on women and cause them to have Kappa children. Oh, no. And all I kept thinking when I was, like, reading that were the the way they depict toilets in um, Slumdog Millionaire, which I don't think you've seen before. I have not. It's a really good film. We need to watch it. They literally show that type of toilet that they're talking about 
in real time. So, if you're trying to, that it would make sense that that would happen. Okay, Mama Llama, stop listening for a moment, please. Due to how grotesque the women saw these Kappa children, the babies would be cut up and buried in jars beneath the ground. Oh my god! Kappa were also known to be incredibly strong despite their small statures. They would sumo wrestle from swimmers and cause them to drown. <sighs> it's possible that Kappa were blamed for drowning incidents in the past, and Kappa are known to be obsessed with a few things, such as a jewel called a shiri kodama found in a person's anus. There was a very strange anime, anime. that started with that. We were like, mm, we're good. Yeah, like, we didn't even make it through the first episode. Like, well, as soon as I read that, I was like, I know where that's depicted in an anime. <laughs> it's also called a shiri. It is said this is also what Kappa were looking for while lurking by their those river toilets. They also were known to look up women's kimonos. Despite all of these negative aspects of Kappa, they were also known to be obsessed with politeness and human traditions. In tales, this would be used as a weakness for a Kappa. For example, when a human would face a Kappa and suggest to sumo wrestle, they would bow low so the Kappa would feel obligated to bow back and cause the water in their sara to spill and weaken the Kappa. Supposedly, this also... This is going to be a little grotesque. Mama Llama, you might want to not listen to this, too. It's also supposedly easy to rip off a Kappa's arm, and people would use this against them during sumo wrestling. Ugh. Um, it's also possible to ward off Kappa with iron, sesame, or ginger. Weird. I know. Random pieces? Yeah. It is possible the tales of the Kappa came from fear of Japanese giant salamander that grow to be up to five foot long, and they have the same skin tones as Kappa. A lizard. Yep. A five-foot lizard. Yep. That's a note for me. Listen, have you heard of Komodo dragons? Yes. I think those ones are scary. There's actually some B-horror films back in, like, I think it was the 90s that I watched. Are those the poisonous ones? There, there's a large lizard that is poisonous, and I just can't think of what it's called. I know that they can eat people. Okay, so there's a Gila monster... Which is poisonous. And then the one I was thinking of was, I think, the monitor lizard. Mm. Which I'm not sure if that one's poisonous or not. Anyway, in today's media, Kappa are used in many anime, manga, and other media. They're also depicted in Smite with King of the Kappa called Kuzen Bo, which is only in Smite. I have not been able to find Kuzen Bo in anything else, really. And if you don't know what Smite is, it is a multiplayer online game that's now also on console where people basically are different gods and they fight each other in an arena. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's part of, like, video game sports now, but all the I played it back when it first started. But from my understanding, the community's not as welcoming as it used to be. Oh, that's not good. So I'm scared to play it again. <laughs> so... I drew a kappa, and he's just, like, kind of holding a, a cucumber, because he can, sitting on a lily pad <laughs> in the water. I and forgot he had the cucumber. He has a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which may or may not have been properly <laughs> watercolored. Well, I was going to say, which may or may not lead him to your family. <laughs> to your demise. 
Yes. All right, so we're going to take this quick break, and we'll be back real soon. And we're back. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. So, for this week, I decided to research a Japanese entity that was related to plants. Ooh. So, I love plants. I got my degree in horticulture. I love spending time in nature. Is my job in horticulture? No. Uh, definitely is not. But... <laughs> You still love plants. I also don't know too many people who actually work in the field their original just out of high school degree is in. Well, also you die if it's too hot outside. I do not do well with the heat. Like, my people. It is very humid in our East Coast state. I do not do well in the heat. I do not do well in the humidity. I have had too many heat-related illnesses for me to have a good time in the heat. Anywho, so I go online and it gives me two options. The first was the Furusubaki no Re, and I absolutely love this one, but there's not a lot on them, just two short stories about them in their description, which was just so disappointing because she would have been beautiful to draw and paint. However, while researching them, it was suggested that the Furusubaki no Rei are the more malicious to mischievous version of the Kodama. There was more information on the Kodama, so that's what I decided to tell you about today. Ooh, I don't even think you really talked much about this before. Like, you just did the picture and I was like, I'm not even sure what I'm looking at. But you told me you were doing the Kodama. Yeah. That was about as much as you told me. So this is, a, I, all my reactions now are legitimate. Because if she did tell me, you forgot. I forgot. <laughs> Which is fine. The other thing is that the way you're familiar with how the Kodama look is not the way I drew it. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I got really confused. You're like, this is the Kodama. And I was like, huh? <laughs> anyway, so we'll get right into it. The Kodama are forest spirits. Old stories say they are invisible or indistinguishable from ordinary trees. Some believe they look like old men or old women that hang around trees. And some say they appear as meandering ghost lights, while others say they look like little goblins. And in Hayao Miyazaki's Princess Mononoke... Sorry, that big, okay, that <laughs> light bulb just hit as soon as you were saying that. Okay. <laughs> the Kodama are shown as pale bobblehead like creatures that produce this like clicking or rattling noise. Love them. And their presence shows the health of a forest. There are also modern takes of the Kodama that show them in many other shapes. So some believe that they look just like normal trees, and these are rooted in one place you would not know that they were special until you tried to cut it down and it started to bleed. Oh my gosh, that's sad. Yeah. Like, when you say bleed, I, all I think is, like, sap. Because mm -hmm. I've, I've gotten stuck on that before as a child, too. That so, wasn't I don't fun. know how you survived childhood, honestly, <laughs> from the stories I've heard. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So, a long time ago, Kodama were considered kami. But... 
Around the Edo period, they became less like gods and were generally considered just yokai. Mm. And like many yokai, once a tree lives to be 100 years old, it becomes a yokai. It gains strength and supernatural powers. So are you saying all the redwoods and the redwood forests? Oh yeah, definitely Kodama's up in there. I just think it's just fucking crazy because they're so big. So you know they're like hundreds and hundreds of years old. I just picture like giant Kodama's spirits just walking around the forest then. Like as big as the trees themselves. Do you see how big those trees are? They're huge! (laughs) Yeah. I know. So the Kodama trees weren't cut down, elders of a village would tell the next generation about the sacred trees, on and on through the generations. These special trees were also marked with Shimanawa rope and shide, and these are the rice straw ropes with the zigzag pattern streamers that can be seen at the shrines and in a lot of anime. So Kodama's power can either be a blessing or a curse depending on how you treated it. If you were properly respectful or worshipped the Kodama, they would grant protection to homes and villages. But if you were disrespectful or mistreated or injured the Kodama, they could call down powerful curses. Fun. So respect the trees? Yeah, and when I was reading it was saying that Japanese culture has always been very respect the trees Mm -hmm. oriented. So it's not surprising that they have a story that teaches you to be respectful to the trees. Kodama are still worshipped in some places in Japan. In Aogashima, in the Izu Islands, residents place shrines at the base of Japanese cedar trees and pray to them. In Mitsune Village in Hachijo-jima, there are annual festivals giving thanks to Kodama-san, and hoping for forgiveness for the trees they had to cut down that year. In some places, like Okinawa, woodcutters pray to the Kodama before they cut down trees. And after having read this, I was a little bit, um, the word I want. I'm pretty superstitious, guys. (laughs) Gonna be honest, not about everything. Like, my favorite number is 13, and I love black cats. But, like... I definitely have superstitions. So the other day I needed to trim some trees and I was like, hi, I'm going to give you a haircut today. (laughs) Hope that's okay with you. And then I cut the branches and then I said, thank you for letting me take care of you before I went to the next tree. Are we talking about the forest of trees that you planted in your parents' backyard? Yeah. Yeah. I hope Kayla's listening to this. (laughs) So that you can confirm what I told her about you planting so many trees in your backyard. Yeah, it's, um... It's somewhere between 25 and 50. I don't remember the last count because some of them died. Because the whole reason we planted them is because it's right near a creek. And... We wanted the roots of the trees to kind of help with the banks because we've lived in that house for 24, 25 years now. And the banks are constantly changing because there's nothing down there besides grass. So we finally planted trees down there a couple years ago. And 
the creek is at the bottom of two very steep hills. It's almost like at the bottom of a valley, a mini valley. And when it storms, because we get some hella crazy storms over here, which I love, Mm-hmm. but they bring a lot of water down the creek, the amount of water can really destroy small plants that are down there. So some of the trees didn't survive and we had to replant them, and so there's some younger ones. But yes, those are the, the trees that I planted, and some of them are quite tall, even though they're not that old. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, I think they're quite healthy. <laughs> yeah, healthy is definitely a word for it. Yeah. It's said that if a Kodama's tree dies, the Kodama also dies and vice versa. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. And then, as we always say, in current times, you can see the Kodama in animes, as I mentioned before. There's a board game called Kodama the Tree Spirit and its sister game, Kodama Duo, which is only for two people, which is good because we run into that problem all the all time. The time. We want to play board games, but they are like for three people or more. And then. Studio Ghibli fans have produced so much art, like the ones from Princess Mononoke, and there's a French metal band called Alceste that has an entire album called Kodama, and then one of the songs also has that name, and it's nine minutes long. I did not listen to the whole thing, but I did scroll through the comments, and people were like, this is such a spiritual experience. And I was like, dang, I wonder what he's saying, because it's in French, and I did not take French. But these people loved what the music. <laughs> they were very passionate. Yes. Nice. And that's the Kodama. Awesome. So I did do the art as an older Japanese woman sitting at the base of like an interesting tree. Because when I was reading, they weren't saying necessarily... All trees that reached 100 become it. Ah, Like, some stuff was, but then other stuff was saying it was only, like, really interesting trees. Like, if it had, like, gnarled bark that kind of looked like a face. Okay. Or had, like, really interesting limbs. So, I did, like, a really interesting tree that she's sitting on, and then I have, like, some misty spirit swirls going around her. That makes way more sense. Yeah, you were like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> but it looks really nice. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. It was my birthday yesterday. It was. It was. Um, it was weird, because a lot of people I don't really talk to were just like, happy birthday! And I'm like, I don't know you, but thank you! <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment! My sister was actually worried because apparently she's run into the problem of, like, wishing people happy birthday based on their Facebook birthdays. And people use fake Facebook birthdays, which I didn't know was a thing, but is apparently a thing. So then, like, she gets sass from the people like, "Uh, it's not my birthday. If you actually knew me, you'd know I put that up just to see who only does it based on my Facebook stuff. I hate it when people do that. So like, she wanted to double check, which was very sweet of her. But I was like, um, yes, it is her actual birthday. And she proceeded to send me dozens of pictures of birthday chicken. Ah, uh, yes. Birthday chicken is the same as math chicken. They are the same entity. She is also what Pika chicken is. <laughs> chicken has many names. Yeah. Just chicken, 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 chicken. Her real oh, name is Leia. You know what we need to tell them about? Mm. Our street cats. Guys, 
Like guys and gals. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. So we have been adopted by two stray cats who come up and at first we thought it was one stray cat, but then when we got a better look, it's actually two. They're both stripey on the top side, but one is stripey on the bottom side and the other one is white on the bottom side. Yes. And where it has white socks. So the first one we had named Artemis. Super friendly. So friendly. And then the second one we named, once we realized there was a second one, we named it Luna. Mm-hmm. And Artemis, what he'll do, or she'll do, we're not really sure because we haven't had that good of a look at him. What Artemis will do is Artemis will come to the door and be like, give me food! So I put food out there because I'm a sucker. She's a sucker. I am a sucker and I love cats. So I give, I put food out and what Artemis does is he eats some of it and then brings the rest to Luna for Luna to eat. Yeah, literally picks up the can in their mouth and takes it to the other cat. Yeah. Because we were wondering where the metal was going. This is how freaking smart they are, everybody. They brought us... So it went away, and we, we definitely could not find it. Yeah. And then they brought it back to us empty. when it was perfectly clean. Yeah. They brought it back empty. I was like... Okay, sir. I want some, some more. Yeah. And, like, this morning, Artemis was just chilling in the window, staring at me, and be like, gonna feed me? But I think Artemis is trying to get in the house. Oh, Artemis definitely wants to get in the house. And Dove was like, friend? And Artemis is like, dog? <laughs> yeah. Artemis does not want to be friends with Dova. Dova wants to be friends with everybody. Everybody and everything she wants to be friends with. She'll just... But here's the thing. Like, they're either really good at working the system and they're strays, or they're someone's outdoor cats that are also very good at working the system. Because they have really nice fur. Mm -hmm. They don't look like they're starving. They don't look like they have, like, fleas or anything. So I'm hesitant to be like, okay, even though I'm allergic, which is what's currently keeping the cat out. Because <laughs> the plan was, if we ever got a cat, to get a hypoallergenic cat. Yeah. And they just, they just seem too, like, healthy and put together and friendly to be real 100% strays. Like, they had to have been loved at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm really hesitant to bring the cat in, and then it'd be, like, someone's cat, and they're looking for it desperately, because yeah. somebody in my family has done that before. Wow. No, it wasn't me. She's not talking about me. It was not you. <laughs> so. I have taken some cats away from, from the streets, but it was a much longer time ago, in a much farther place. <laughs> So, yes. So that is what's going on with our stray neighborhood kitties. I think after this one, it's the grab bag week. And then all of October, we need okay, to explain okay. what happened with grab bag okay. week. We weren't supposed to have a grab bag, but I gave Leah the, um, the job of being in charge of figuring out what time was. In the months. And she wrote it down on the board. Because we have, like, this mirror that's the size of a wall. And we write our things, like, our schedule on with dry erase marker on it. And she put grab bag week at the end of September. And she kept adamantly telling me that. And then after we did grab bag week for September and I had fully drawn the thing and done the research, she was like, wait a second. 
grab bag was supposed to be in October. Well, no, it was supposed to be in August. August, It right. is also in October, but the problem is we're so far ahead that, like, we couldn't go back and put it at of the end August. of August. Right. So, here's the thing. <laughs> if you know anything about me, A, I love foxes. B, I'm absolutely shit with time, guys. <laughs> I don't know why she thought it would be a good idea to trust me with time. And here's the other thing. When I was doing it, my brain said, Leah, the grab bag is at the end of the second month. Cool. That is correct. July, first month. August, second month. It should have been at the end of August. But you were thinking August. Some, <laughs> some part of my brain does not consider either July or August to be a real month. I don't know. <laughs> because... When I was writing it down, my brain went, yeah, September is the second month. So I do all this, the writing down. I make the whole dang chart up on the mirror. And we don't realize until we happen to look back to make a comment during a certain episode that August is up there five times and not September. So I'm like desperately trying to figure out what kind of mental gymnastics I did <laughs> To think that September was the second month. And honestly, guys, I don't know. I shouldn't have been trusted with this. Okay? So, we're doing the grab bag. Next week. Next week, which is at the end of September. September. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense, but it will get us back on the track, track. For October. For October. So, starting October again will be, you know, Celtic, Greek, Norse, Norse. Japanese. And then another grab bag for the end of, of October. October. Which I'm really excited about now. Speaking of October, if you're up to here now, you're we're, we're fast approaching it, if you're listening to this episode. Yes. So, I just want y'all to be aware that for the month of October, we are going to go over not just, like, we're going to go more of like a Halloween-esque, Soan-esque. Other countries. Other countries. Harvest <gasps> festivals. Yeah. And things like that. Like, we're going to go over that sort of thing. Maybe one or two creatures, but if it's too meaty of, like, all the different harvest festivals they have, we'll probably just be going over that. Just because, like, let me tell you, I looked at the Greeks. Woo! You might still be able to get away with doing something. But, like... I'm here for you. Whatever you need. Woo! <laughs> I I like I, I put down a list of what I was going to do for October, right? And I, even the grab bag week. And then I look at the Greeks and cuz I already started with the was it Celtic? Celtic. Yes, with Soan. I started looking into Soan. And I was like, okay, well if I looked into Soan, I've got to look into what the Greeks do. And just hot damn. But anyway, so but it's super interesting. It's very interesting. If you know more about those subjects, please feel free to email us about it, because we're really intrigued to learn. With that being said, you want to end this episode? And Alright. Reminders, everybody. Make sure to check out our art for this week's creatures on our Instagram at Coffee Table Mythos. If you want to share any art of your own of these creatures, make sure to use our hashtag Coffee Table Mythos so that we and our followers can check them out. As always, if you have any stories or requests, please email us at coffeetablemythos at gmail.com. And remember to mention if you want a shout out of either a name or handle and where to find you, or if you would like to remain anonymous. You can also find us at our Facebook page, Coffee Table Mythos, 
you can message us on here as well. Check out our merch on Teespring at teespring.com slash store slash coffee dash table dash mythos. We are adding more listings as we research more creatures and make more art. If you would like to donate to us, you can on anchor.fm slash coffee table mythos, or you can become a patron through patreon.com slash coffee table mythos. For right now, all donations will go to making this podcast better. Thank you so much for listening. Please give us a like, follow, subscribe, share, and review our podcast if you have the time. We are interested in what you have to say. This is Coffee Table Mythos. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.